Hello, and welcome to the Astro Coaching Podcast. This is your host, Amber Brown, and I'm so glad that you are here to listen to this message. We talk everything about empowerment here using two of my favorite resources, astrology and coaching, and we dive into many other topics of different avenues and vehicles available to support our own healing, growth, and freedom. Thank you again for being here, and I hope you really love this episode. Hello, and thank you so much for being here. My name is Amber, and I'm the host of the Astro Coaching Podcast, where we talk about everything empowerment for feminine leaders and using coaching and astrology as vehicles for that. And today, I wanted to talk about saying no to the toxic pattern and also self-disclose a kind of juicy story that just happened recently in my life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I uh, have struggled a lot with this personally in my life in the past saying no to toxic patterns. I'm in recovery from addiction and it's been, it's been hard to say no to toxic things because it sometimes it feels good in the moment to engage in toxic behaviors and you know it's 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 really hard in my experience to get out of that feedback loop when i'm stuck in something that feels really good in the moment um and i feel like it's almost like a muscle it's like something that i you know it's like i i when i'm when i'm doing that same pattern or like same behavior it's something that it's like I'm exercising that muscle. And so if I'm, if I'm, if I have something that I'm engaging in a lot, whether it's toxic or not, it's, it's of course feels normal for me to do that versus something that doesn't feel normal. So that's obvious. I, I like to say new neuro, I, I like to say neuropathways too, um, because I see neuropathways as like a river in our, in our brain. So if we have like a thought or if we do a behavior, uh, or whatever it is, you know, it's almost like water going down that that river. And if we do that same behavior, if we have our that same thought or have that same association, whatever that thing is, it's like more water. The more water that goes down that the the river just gets deeper and it gets wider and it gets more fill, filled up. So if I'm trying to do something different, <laughs> then it's it's harder because it's like water is trying to go down this path that's never gone down before. Um, so it just, that's why it take you know, that's why they say like affirmations and stuff like that, because it takes a lot of repetition to do the same thing over and over again, to be able to, um, uh, create that new neuropathway to create a new river in your brain. So, yeah. So today that's what I want to talk about. Specifically my toxic pattern that I want to talk about today or this toxic pattern as an example is acting out with emotionally unavailable and toxic man, men, uh, man, child, <laughs> man, child, um, is what I, what I like to call them sometimes, but this is probably my deepest and most core toxic pattern in my life that stems from my trauma. If you want to know more about that story, you can listen to my previous episode all about um, sexual trauma to sexual empowerment. And because I went through that 
trauma as a child, you know, is really imprinted in this way that I wouldn't have been if that hadn't happened. And it was around sex with toxic men. And I remember, yeah, being like, I mean, that happened when I was little, like five. And um, I remember, you know, being in kindergarten, and I was already obsessing about boys, about boys. And I see my little girl now who's almost that age. And I'm just like, I'm in disbelief that I was already obsessing about boys to that extent that I was. But, you know, it was something, again, that had been imprinted on me against my will because I was innocent little child back then and didn't have the brain chemistry to be able to make decisions around what was safe and what wasn't safe for my body. And, you know, so I say that to hold space for my innocent little self who... um you know, didn't I didn't have choice in this toxic pattern that was that I adopted in this lifetime. And just have some compassion and empathy for myself. And I and I encourage you to do that for you, you know, like whatever toxic pattern it is that shows up in your life, like maybe hold some space and see where does that toxic pattern come from? Like we weren't born with it. Where did that come from? Whose toxic pattern was it? Like who did I who did I learn that from? who, where did, where was it birthed out of? And maybe just like have some compassion for your, yourself at that time. Like, of course, that was something that I received and adopted because it helped me get through that time. Like for me, around the time of my um, sexual abuse, I was not, I mean, really most of my childhood, I was not getting my needs met by my my, by my parents and no judgment on them, but they were very absent, especially emotionally. Um, my dad more so physically absent and I wasn't getting the attention and love that I needed and wanted at the time. So when someone was giving me that attention and love in this way was like intoxicating. It was like, Oh my God, I felt like the most special girl in the world. Like I just felt high unbelievably high from it and that was that was that imprint it was like oh my god like I I want to experience this all the time and I think that that's where my preoccupation with boys started and why I was obsessing and about boys at a really young age you know so it that care I carried that with me through my whole life my whole life really I mean I remember being in second grade and I had the biggest crush on Hunter Payne, who was just like the most beautiful boy I'd ever seen in my life. And I literally thought he was an angel sent from above. And um, he had the most beautiful teeth and the coolest hair and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, maybe that's normal to some degree for some kids, but I was pretty young. Like I was pretty... And I was obsessed. I mean, just I thought about him and I dreamed about him every every day, every day. Um, and, uh, you know, so on, so on. I, you know, um, I started um, really imprinting this in a negative way when I, I think it was like my first official boyfriend um, who I won't be naming any names from this point on just for their privacy purposes. But yeah, my first official boyfriend, 
um, was really, really toxic. Um, he was who I lost my virginity to. And I mean, just like really manipulative behaviors. And, um, you know, I, I feel like because that was my first official boyfriend, it was almost like that was what became quote unquote normal to a degree. And, you know, I mean, it, it was just such high highs, such low lows. Anyways, I could go on and on about my toxic patterns, which I won't. Um, but it, it has been something that has stuck with me for a long time. And, and honestly, because I have tended to be very mature for my age, really since I was little, (laughs) there's like that meme that goes around. that's like, um, oh yeah, you look mature for your age. And they're like, no, it's just the trauma. (laughs) I could so identify with that. I really had to grow up young (laughs) because of my neglect, (laughs) but I do, I do a really good Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I can look very grown up and responsible on the outside and for most of my life, I've I've had this dirty little closet of acting out with toxic men um, that I don't show anybody ever. I've I've done that even in my recovery from drugs and alcohol. I mean, I've I really would keep it hidden and secretive, and have had a lot of consequences from that um, that I've like dealt that I've dealt with. But you know, I I I will say that a lot of that has, um, it came to an end when I, well, let me just like share, I'll just share a little bit about those consequences just cause I feel like it can be maybe normalizing, um, to, to you, if you feel like you have consequences from your toxic behaviors and toxic patterns, we all do, you know? Um, but for me, you know, a lot of it has looked like really isolating myself from intimacy with others because, I'm engaging with people who have no availability for intimacy, even women. Like, I mean, I would have friends, friends with women. I would be friends with women, but they were like so surfaced or we wouldn't actually deal with our issues. We just shove them under the rug. And yeah, I would just like carry this guilt and shame around with me. I would go from feeling like the most beautiful, special, like loved, popular, all the wonderful things that you want to feel woman in the world to feeling like such an ugly, fat, gross piece of shit, like just so much shame. Like I would literally be yo-yoing myself from one extreme to the other. And it was exhausting and it was awful. It was awful. I mean, I remember one boyfriend that I had at one point where I just, I wanted him to like me so bad that I changed everything about myself. I changed the way I dress. I changed the way I talked. I changed my hair I changed everything about myself and it was like never enough. Um, He would always like criticize my body and, you know, say things about my boobs that he didn't like. And I carried that with me for years. Like I would just hate my boobs for the longest time because he made like an insult about them one time. It's like, that's so fucked up. Like girls or whoever is listening, if if you're dating someone who criticizes your body, fucking run the other way, like immediately. Do like that is such a big red flag. Like we our bodies are temples. And if someone is criticizing us and like saying mean and rude things like that, like that is such 
That's a, that's a boundary violation. That is a huge boundary violation. Anyways, that was just a side note, but yeah. So, I mean, I, I have, you know, STIs, STDs <laughs> from all the acting out that I've done with toxic men and yeah, just like the chasing, you know, just the chasing them, chasing me, me chasing them. I mean, just like always having to be preoccupied with somebody or something. And like, anyways, it's exhausting. It all came to an end when I joined SLEA, which is a 12-step program for relationships. It's mainly a 12-step program for like attachment theory stuff, (laughs) the anxious and avoidant. And maybe I'll do another episode on that another day. But if you don't know about attachment theories, it's a very helpful perspective to, to know about, especially in relationships. I highly recommend doing some research around it. Um, but I joined that back in 2020, and I did that for sexual anorexia, which, you know, it seems like it essentially I was on the other. I went from one end of the extreme being preoccupied by everybody and everyone and acting out and... um you know, uh, with, with these toxic men to like, I got married and then I literally shut everything down and went to the other side of the spectrum where I didn't want to engage with anyone. I didn't want anyone engaging with me. I just shut everything down. Um, fast forward many years, (laughs) I am in the middle of a separation, um, figured out that my sexual anorexia is not all my problem. (laughs) And that sometimes when I don't want to have sex with somebody, it's because I don't feel safe with them or I don't feel secure enough with them. So I ended up getting separated. Uh, If you want to hear more about that, I have an episode calling called leaving the the good guy. And I I share more about why, why I'm separated now, but I, um, had my first interaction in years where I um, wanted to act out with a toxic guy. And at the time, I wasn't really conscious of it because, you know, when, when I'm, at least for me, when I'm wanting to engage in a toxic pattern, my brain is very convincing and very manipulative, honestly, to, to myself because it tells me that all these reasons why it's okay for me to do this behavior, which usually looks like, you know, what what my brain was telling me at the time is I haven't had sex in in so long. Like I'm, I'm single for the first time in almost 10 years. You know, this, like I deserve this. I've worked so hard (laughs) in SLEA to get to where I'm at and I deserve this. Like I want to explore my sexuality. I want to, you know, I want, I, I, I want, I'm in the house alone for the first time. Like I want to have sex, you know, of course I want to have sex. I'm a human. Like we're supposed to be sexual beings. I've been like spending four years trying to reconnect with my sexuality. And like, now I want to do it with him. <laughs> and what I, um, and I'll, I'll be honest, like the compulsion to want to engage in these behaviors was really strong, like scary strong, where like I didn't know if I was going to have the strength to be able to like not do those things. If that is something that you are coming up against, I will say that having resources is a non-negotiable to be able to not to, to be able to say no to something toxic. So for me, what that looks like is you know, I'm, I'm, I'm heavily engaged in 12 step recovery, especially in SLAA. 
So I go to the, I go to a meeting at least once a week. I've been going to meetings at least once a week every, for years. I have a sponsor. I have, you know, solid women relationships that I can be really honest and open and intimate with, and there's no judgment. And, and I was being honest with, with all them. I was able to name all these things and, and like having the safety and the security with women where they could give me their honest feedback and be like, Amber, that sounds like a terrible idea. Or like, Amber, I don't think you should be engaging with people that you're attracted to right now. <laughs> like they were telling me this and I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And then on the back end, I would be like, well, I still want to do it. I also have a therapist. I have a coach that I work with and I have a mastermind group that I'm a part of. So I have a lot of support around me to be able to um, process and, and, and be able to name and see all these things for what they are realistically, instead of just listening to my, my brain. Um, and so for me being able to tap into all those resources, I was able to finally come to some reality about it, which is this, (laughs) if I didn't have all these resources, I would not have been able to find the core of this toxic pattern. And if I hadn't been able to find the core of this toxic pattern, I probably would have ended up acting out and engaging in that behavior, which on which honestly I haven't engaged in for a very long time. It's been like seven years since I've done anything like acting out like that or acting out really in in general. Um, and I really didn't want to like blow it. You know what I mean? Like I really, I really do have some skin in the game of like not acting out in these toxic patterns. So I had a coaching session with, um, someone that I went to coaching school with and God, it was so informative because I realized I was able to like take a look at why I, started getting triggered around this guy. Now, mind you, I, I, I know this guy from the ecstatic dance community and I've been going to ecstatic dance regularly for almost a year. And I've been seeing this guy for almost a year. Like he's, he goes all the time and I see him all the time. So he's not new to me, but all of a sudden I started getting attracted to him in this new way that I like when I realized that I was like oh my god that is so interesting like I wasn't even attracted to him before the past like month like what happened there why did that shift all of a sudden and what I used to when I used to notice him I used to be like yeah he's a he's attractive like he's tall he's like thick I mean he's like got long hair he's just like gorgeous in a lot of ways and he it was engaging with women in a way that didn't feel safe to me. And I um, had noticed that before. So I was always kind of like, oh, I'm going to keep my distance from him. But all of a sudden, like a month ago, I'm like, you know, or a month, you know, prior to this coaching session, I was like, really started noticing him. I was the one that started to engage contact with him. And then that was when the compulsion, the obsession, the preoccupation started Um, which mind you, I think the reason why this was like so triggering for me was because every, almost every single engagement that I would have with him felt really negatively triggering for various reasons that I won't get into right now. But it was almost like my nervous system was trying to tell me like, don't engage with this guy. He's not making you feel safe. Like, but it was that high, it was that roller coaster that I'm so used to feeling because I've been on that roller coaster my whole life. It was like exciting. I felt alive, you know? 
But so I, I thought back like, okay, what started happening a month ago that had me start really getting triggered and like wanting to act out with him. And I realized it was, I, you know, the, the high quote unquote from my separation had dissipated and I started feeling really, really like really lonely, like core, core wounding lonely. Like I, I was, it felt like I was a baby in bed at, in the dark by myself and like reaching out for my parents to come get me. Like it was like core inner child wounding that was coming to the surface. And it was like so hard to sit with. It was, it was just this like yearning for connection. Like I just was, I was so scared. I was so, God, it just makes me want to cry just thinking about it. Cause I was so unbelievably terrified to be alone in life, in this life. Like I felt like I was having to like walk through this alone without any support or like I had to figure it out. I had to like tough it out. And it was, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. I started having like really bad anxiety about climate change and about war and like raising kids in this world. And like, I was like, I was just terrified. Um, and that was when I, that was when I made that connection that I was like, oh my God, I started to notice him and started to like initiate contact with him when I was moving through those big, like big, big feelings, big, scary, like terrifying feelings. And I'm like, well, no wonder, no fucking wonder that I wanted to act out because that's my, that's always been my core processing piece like I was I I adopted that tool at a young age when I wasn't getting the attention I wanted I mean I moved I mean I used that tool all throughout my childhood all throughout my early adulthood and of course I would be going back to it now when I'm moving through these huge feelings and once I was able to make that connection it was like I, well, and I actually, I think I had, I saw him the next day at an ecstatic dance and I won't get into the details of what happened there. It wasn't anything really intense, but I, that experience of that ecstatic dance, I was confirmed why I do not want to engage with him. And it was just like, and, and I will say during that ecstatic dance as well, I had a moment with myself. The music was like a little bit darker and like shadowy than it normally is. But it was perfect because I just had this moment with my like quote unquote shadow self where I was like, I'm like, why, like, why am I so in resistance to this part of me? Like, why do I want to like shove her away under the chair, like in like a dark corner and like just lock her in a closet? Like, why am I so shame, like have so much shame around this part of myself that just wants to act out with the sickest dude in the room, you know, <laughs> like just have like crazy wild sex and then feel like shit the next day. Like, why why do I not like this part of myself? Like, why do I not want to embrace her as like part of me? And I was just like, I had this moment where I was like, you know what? Of course you want to act out. You're fucking going through a divorce. You haven't, you've been with the same dude for like 10 years. Like you've been in a sexless, loveless marriage for years. Of course you want to act out. You have these like crazy intense feelings coming up and 
of course you want to act out with him. Like he's, he's sharing, he's showing that he's available for passionate wild sex. Maybe not for emotional intimacy or emotional safety, but like, of course you want to act out with him. And after I was able to have that moment with myself, I am, and also simultaneously being confirmed with some of his behaviors as to why I did not want to continue engaging with him and also naming that the attraction I was having for him wasn't even about him because of that coaching session that I had done, that it wasn't even about him. It was just the fact that I was having big feelings and I wanted to, I wanted to escape those big feelings by acting out with someone who reminded me of this roller coaster that I've been on for my whole life, which they call trauma bond. If you haven't heard that term or if you don't really know what that means, trauma bond is when you engage with somebody in a way that reminds you of your trauma. And that is actually, it's a trauma bond that feels really good in the moment because it's familiar. It feels like home and it really quote unquote works, but it's also um, really damaging in the long run because it's reinforcing that trauma wound. So that's what he was for me. He, he was having me on those really high highs, really low lows. He also was a lot like my perpetrator. My per- perpetrator was 10 years older than me. This guy was 10 years older than me. My perpetrator was like the cool guy. This guy was like the cool guy. So there was a lot of familiarities that reminded me of that. So once I was able to name that and be like, it's not even about him. I'm not even attracted to him. I'm just trying to engage in an old behavior that feels like home that I know is going to make me feel better in the moment. And when I was able to take a step back and see all that from the outside, the interest in engaging in it literally completely dissipated like that instantly. It was like just a snap of a finger. And honestly, since that, since then, I haven't even thought about him I don't even want to see him. I've in the universe has just rearranged my life where I'm not seeing him. Like I haven't seen him in weeks now where I was seeing him at every single ecstatic dance that I go to, which is like multiple times a week. I haven't seen him in weeks. And so it was just like the universe responded to me being in a lot, being in integrity with myself and my values and what's important to me. And how I can best take care of me and honor me and my needs and what I what I want for myself in the long run. And then I'm able, like, once I was able to let go of that toxic pattern and, like, the, the compulsion to want to act out in that, then I'm able to be open to engaging with people who actually really nourish me. And what else is ironic, which also giving the universe credit for rearranging my life is that almost immediately I had my roommate who move into my house who has been so unbelievably nourishing for my soul. Like she and I are just like clicking in all the ways. She's helping me out around the house. She's great with the kids. She's just like, we stay up late talking. I mean, it's just like, has been such a gift. (laughs) And it's all because I said no to this toxic pattern. Like I am so much more fulfilled and happy and free and just fulfilled. I'm going to say that word again because it feels so true by, by re, you know, rearranging my, my mind and my emotions and my life so that I can be living from a place that really feeds me instead of hurts me 
which is what toxic patterns and tend end up doing in the long run. And I really didn't mean for this episode to be like one huge sales pitch for coaching, but I will say if you have never had a coach before, or if you are interested in coaching, that coaching, that coaching session was the catalyst for this whole pattern to be eradicated for me. I mean, granted, along with all the other resources that I have that I've been building over the over years, but that coaching session was exactly what I needed to like snap the fuck out of it, like wake the fuck up, open my eyes and see, oh my God, like this, this attraction is not an attraction. It's a trauma bond. And I don't want to engage in that. <laughs> so thank you to my wonderful coach, Raquel Lopez. She's also a breathwork facilitator and acupuncturist and I love all the clients I get to work with. I see their lives transform and change just like that. Uh, you know, every time we we meet and over a long period of time, the more consistently they show up for themselves. So if you're ever interested in having more conversations about that, you're welcome to schedule a free discovery call with me. It's at amberbrownshort.com on the coaching page. And I've got a link to my schedule there for a free discovery call. And thank you so much for being here. I love getting to share so intimately with you. And I so appreciate you hearing me. And if you ever want to connect, you're welcome to uh, go to my website to learn more about my offerings, which is amberbrownshort.com. You can find me on all the social media platforms at amberbrownshort. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. So much love to you.